The reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Here ends the reading. The next reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and behold it with justice and righteousness, from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends the reading.
I wonder in your house, uh, who is the governor? Who's in charge? Uh, <laughs> maybe you're jabbing someone at the moment in the ribs. Maybe, you know, you yelled at me. Um, <laughs> who, who's in charge in your house? Uh, who uh, holds the, or controls the, the purse strings? Uh, maybe that's you. Who, who sets the calendar? What's going to happen? Where we're going to go? What we're going to do? Who's in charge? Uh, who makes the decisions? So it's probably politically incorrect these days to say who wears the pants. <laughs> uh, but who, who's in charge? Who is the governor of your house? Uh, the, the next question, it's maybe a slightly uh, awkward question, is what, what is the product of their governance? If you, if you were looking at an election uh, and you were looking at the potential leaders, would you vote for them? You, you, you have no choice other than to say yes, <laughs> right? Uh, what's the product of their governance? Is it good? It's, is it peace? Uh, where, when someone's a, a leader, uh, what they carry as a leader influences those who follow them. So, so what does their governance, their leadership bring in the household? Is, is it... It just works well when, when they're in charge, or sometimes maybe it doesn't work so well. Don't jab them in the ribs now. <laughs> I don't want to put you in an awkward position because, let's face it, uh, I don't know how you felt about our election gone past. There's no perfect leaders. <laughs> there's, in many ways, there's no good options, even in our own house. I look at myself and I know I'm far from adequate all the time, uh, frequently make decisions that are clearly in my benefit and somehow I convince the rest of the family it's for theirs. <laughs> uh, but it seems to work out all right. Just ask them. Uh, <laughs> as people, uh, we're largely self-governing. Like you are the governor of yourself. You're in charge with what you do and what you say and where you go, uh, how you live. Uh, we live with a great degree of freedom in the, in the country that we live. Uh, someone else doesn't necessarily always determine our steps and, until they do, and we know what that looks like, but we're thankful that we're, we're free and we're not even really thinking about COVID at the moment. Sorry to remind you. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, uh, they were living under a governor, uh, Quirinius, under Emperor Augustus, what, what was the government like for them? You think our leaders are bad. Their, their leaders were, were far worse, far more autocratic, uh, far uh, more uh, abusive of their power. That's the kind of leadership, governance that they lived under. Uh, get your registrations in. Why, why were Mary and Joseph being called to, to get their registrations in? Taxes, obviously. Like you, you need to register people where they come from so that you can tax them well, so that you can control your people, measure the amount of people you have, and, and build your wealth. Uh, they were concerned as an emperor and a governor for building the wealth of their kingdom. In Isaiah 2, uh, we hear a message that is spoken forth into a people who are living under this kind of governance. It was, it was spoken hundreds of years before when Jesus was born. And it spoke a message of hope. The people who walked 
in darkness. It says in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 2, have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. What does it look like for light to be produced? When I get up in the, in the, in the middle of the night, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that my eyes are already adjusted uh, to what darkness looks like. But as soon as the light comes on, it's blinding. I had this really brilliant idea that in our pantry I put a sensor light. It's great. Uh, but you, you walk in in the middle of the night, and it's probably a sensor light designed for a slightly bigger room. And you, you have halo angels in, in your eyes as you try and find whatever you are looking for as a midnight snack. When we walk in darkness, eyes adjust to it. But as we come into the light, we look and we see what light truly looks like. And so when Isaiah speaks this message, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. It's like me walking into the pantry in the middle of the night, turning on this light designed for a bigger room and suddenly being blinded. Oh, this is what it's meant to look like. This is what light truly is. And so we have this picture of what light looks like breaking forth into darkness. For them, what, what did light look like? It looked like increased population. Uh, that is, there, there will be generations multiplied. When, when do generations multiply? Uh, when it's safe. Uh, when they can be at peace. Uh, when they're not concerned about war or oppression or the leaders and what they're going to say or what they're going to do or how they are going to tax them. Uh, the, what, what happens when light is produced? People begin to rejoice. This is light. Let's celebrate this. And, and you go and tell your neighbors and your friends, this is what light looks like. And, and so as light shines brightly, we, we rejoice and we tell other people. Uh, for them, light looked like joy at the harvest. The kind of joy that you experience as you put in all your work, you've sowed the crops, you've watered your crops, and at the end of the season, you harvest all of that work. That's what light looks like. Good work, investment into hard soil, producing a, an amazing result. L light looks like, uh, and, and for some of you this might be significant, the, the removal of burden in life. Sometimes darkness feels like darkness because it is dark. But when light comes in, suddenly the, the weight of darkness is lifted off. That's what it looks like for light to come. And we have this beautiful picture at the end of Isaiah 9 of marching boots and warriors' clothes being burned. That's what it looks like for light to come. You, you're no longer, for them, boots were, were pretty important. For us, like I don't know about your wardrobe, you may look in your wardrobe and there's five pairs of boots. <laughs> for, for them, it's one pair of boots and possibly a second-hand pair of boots that they got from someone else that they continue to strap together and make work. Because when you're going in for battle, you need your feet covered so that you're not distracted by the pain of your feet but suddenly when light comes you don't need these shoes you can walk at a pace that means you can tread carefully your eyes aren't set on your enemy uh, you don't need to wear your, your your battle clothes you can relax and enjoy 
what light looks like. This is the, the beautiful picture of light uh, coming into the world. What does it look like? It, it looks like Jesus. It looks like the kind of government that he brings. Uh, we, we have this beautiful picture of what uh, it looks like for Jesus' governance in this passage, that he's the wonderful counselor. What does a wonderful counselor do? Makes wise plans, makes great decisions. The kind of decisions that, you know, a few le- years later you look back at and go, that was the right decision. I'm so glad you made that decision. Good governance looks like that. Wise counsel, a knowledge of people's needs. Uh, So what would it look like in in politics? It would look like our politicians knowing all of our needs and being able to make decisions that hold my needs, Cam's needs, Sally's needs all together and makes a decision that is best for everyone. That's what good government looks like. Mighty God is the, is the next title that is given to Jesus. It's a title that is power above all others with, without comparison. And so good government looks like uh, a mighty God. And it's, it's making a, a declaration here that Jesus is God, uh, everlasting Father. Uh, for, for some the, the image of a father is a hard message, but when, when we think of God, we, we think of the, the perfect father. So, so the one that is the perfect carer, the one that is the perfect protector, the one that forms and grows up identity. That's what good leadership, good governance looks like. Those who are under it, growing up in who they were made to be, uh, the everlasting father calling out, what you were really put on earth to do, and then sowing that deep into your soul. It looks like uh, the Prince of Peace. That is uh, the, the one that is the King of Peace, uh, the, the one that's among all nations, known as the one who is the peace bringer. So when nations are in conflict, they come to the Prince of Peace because he knows how to bring peace to circumstances. So we cross uh, over to to Luke's gospel, and in Luke chapter 2, we have a bunch of people hearing good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. What is this about? Born today in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, that is born today is an authority that will be all these things, a a wonderful counselor, wise decisions, a mighty God, the one who is more powerful than all, uh, the the one who is everlasting fire, the the, the carer, the protector, the identity sower, the prince of peace, the one who will finally, finally bring peace. Finally, when I meet him, I will have peace. And so in the darkness, a voice speaks out. I bring you good news of great joy. Today, a Savior, the one that you looked for, the one that 400 years before had been proclaimed, has finally arrived. They didn't live in the freedom that we live in for them. It was was significant news. This had happened. But the way God had chosen to come was, was not as an adult riding on a horse with a sword to bring an end to the battle, but as a child, vulnerable, 
with humility. I wonder when you, when you think of the leadership that you've experienced in life, uh, the, the strong leaders we often look to are the ones that w- ride in with a sword, <laughs> uh, the ones that are clear, uh, the ones that will go into battle, uh, the, the ones that are confident, and yet God could have taken that option, but he chose to come in humility, to come the same way that you and I came on earth as a child, to grow up and to know and experience the challenges and the frustrations that we all experience in life. And then when the right time came to tell people, to show people who he was, to make a declaration on the earth, the king is here. Now when they heard this message, good news of great joy, it was confirmed with a chorus of angels, and you sounded like a chorus of angels as, as you sang <laughs> a little bit earlier. Uh, they told uh, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds that heard this, uh, what they'd heard from the angel about Jesus, and all who heard this were amazed. The king, this king, is here in a manger. Not looking like that, but in a manger, born in a place of humility, Who will he be? How will he lead? And the the rest of the story of the New Testament is this unfolding of who Jesus is and how he would lead. And the, the shepherds knew this message they'd heard. Good news of great joy. A leader has come. was true. Because all they'd heard in the field at night as they watched their sheep had been fulfilled as they walked into that lonely manger and saw the child that had been born. All confirmed, they knew it to be true. Isaiah 9, 7 gives us a a picture that is in the process of being fulfilled. That there will be no end to his government. uh, That the product of Jesus' government will be justice. What does justice look like? Uh, It looks like what is right, uh, not in our eyes, uh, what is right in God's eyes being done on earth that is true justice that is right for everyone being done it looks like the ways of god so when we hear righteousness it's not about god asking us to measure up to him it's about him bringing his ways to us because god his passion is for justice and his ways to unfold in the earth that we would know peace love hope and joy that we would in the middle of knowing peace love hope and joy know jesus and so that's a christmas what we're invited to remember and so as we're invited to remember that i've got a question for you to think about again what is the product of the governance of jesus What is the product uh, of uh, the government in your house? I've got slides there. That's great. I love it when I go off my slides. Uh, What is the product of the governance of Jesus? That's that's really the question of Christmas for us. What, What does it look like if Jesus was to be in charge? In our house, we often have an idea of who's in charge. Uh, often there's domains. 
I know in the kitchen, uh, Katie's in charge. <laughs> and we're, we're not great at both being in charge at the same time. We all know you can't have two bosses. And so when I'm cooking, I'm in the kitchen and I'm in charge. But most of the time, she's in charge. And it works really well. Uh, outside, uh, my son, Hamish, he's in charge. <laughs> he knows the garden and, and he takes charge of that. And there's, you know, some small places. I, I have the garage and my study. I'm in charge of that area. Don't mess it up. <laughs> what does it look like for you to be in charge in your life? What does it look like? What does it produce? What might it look like if, if you invited Jesus to bring his government, the kind of government that we've been talking about, into your life? You know, when we headed towards this last election, uh, I think a lot of us uh, chose, uh, I'm not saying which way I voted, but a, a lot of us chose to keep the government we had because we weren't sure the government that was coming in might be any better. <laughs> uh, and that's the result that we saw. In our own lives, we can look at the product of the way that we govern it, govern it and, and then what it looks like for us to place, have authority and use that authority well. Who's in charge in your life? Uh, the, the, the way that we can understand who's in charge is what does it produce? Uh, does the, do you see hope, peace, love and joy in your life? Let me encourage you, if Jesus is in, is in charge, you see that fruit. So if Jesus isn't in charge and you don't see hope, peace, love and joy, my encouragement to you this Christmas is maybe you need to consider what it would look like for Jesus to be in charge of your house. What would it look like for him to have authority? Would it look like perfect love instead of fear? Would it look like peace instead of anxiety? Would it look like hope instead of despair? It'll look like comfort, joy, renewal, blessing, increase. That's what it looks like for Jesus to be the governor in our house, in our heart. And so my encouragement to you is no matter where you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what your governance looks like, when you establish Jesus as governor in your heart, Redemption is possible. Uh, let me pray. Lord Jesus, you meet each of us where we're at. Uh, you're a, a wonderful counselor, a, a mighty God. Uh, you come to us and you offer an invitation to us. Uh, you knock on the door of our heart and you say, will you let me in? And so, Lord, at Christmas, as we consider you and consider uh, your government and what uh, Scripture says of who you are and what it looks like to live under your, uh, your kingship, uh, we, we pray uh, that you would help us to see things as they are. Uh, we pray that you'll lead us to a place of deep understanding we pray that you'll turn the light on. 
And so I want to give you an opportunity just as you come before our God and as we come to a time of, of sharing uh, communion together in a little while, to reestablish God in a place of being the, the governor of your house, your heart, your home. And so it just sounds like this, saying, sorry, God, uh, I've tried to run life my own way. I can see it doesn't work out. Forgive me. And I invite you to come and lead my heart and my home. So if you'd like to pray that, you can join in praying that with me now. Uh, Lord, I've tried to run my life my own way. I can see that it doesn't work out. Sorry, God. Please forgive me. I invite you uh, to come and establish uh, your government in my heart and my home. Uh, show me what that looks like. Uh, show me a new and different way. And I pray that your kingdom will come and your will will be done. Uh, another way we pray this same prayer is the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, so let's join in praying this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.